step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. Prepare to be blessed as pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau leads us into the anointed study of the Word of God, teaching and empowering you how to impact your world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, teaching you how to receive the blessings and provisions of God and how to walk through this life with Freedom Through Faith. And now, here's Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hello, everyone, everywhere. This is Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. We're so blessed that you could join us this morning, and we are going to have a great time in the Word of God today. Amen. Hallelujah. Get your Bibles. Oh, you're going to need them today. Praise God. Uh, turn over to 2 Timothy chapter 1. But before we do that, let's go to the Lord with a word of prayer. Father, in the name of your only begotten Son, Jesus, in His name, we come this day to study your word together. Lord, we pray in agreement together that the scriptures are open to us, that we are led by your Holy Spirit, that in all things we lift up your name in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray for wisdom and guidance by your Holy Spirit. And may all that is accomplished this day be for your honor, your glory, and your praise. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Turn with me, or I should say I'm turning there, but repeat after me our statement of faith, commonly referred to as the Apostles' Creed. This is the foundation upon which we build every Bible study. Amen? This should be the foundation upon which every church is established, every sermon is delivered, and upon which every believer should base their life. The solid foundation of the Word of God. Amen? Repeat after me. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, born of the Virgin Mary, I'm sorry, conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and sits now at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, from where he shall come soon to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, 
I believe the church is the body of Christ. I believe in the communion of saints. I believe in the forgiveness of sins. I believe in the resurrection of the body. And I believe in life everlasting. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1. Today we're going to talk about partnership. Oh, glory to God, Myrtle. He's going to start asking for money again. Now, partnership is more than just about money. Amen? Partnership, yes, money's part of it. I'm not going to deny that. But partnership is more than just money. What we're going to study today is our partnership with God. You see, God wants his word to go throughout the whole earth. In order to do that, he needs partners. You and I to come alongside each other and alongside him to partner together to get the word out. Amen? That's our job. That's the only job we have is to share the gospel with others. You may be a janitor, a teacher, a policeman, a fireman, a politician. Whatever your earthly, natural job is, is how God is providing for you. But your job as a child of the Most High God, as a joint heir with Jesus of all things, your job as an ambassador in this earth, is to preach the gospel to every creature. Jesus himself gave us this charge. Amen. And that's partnership with God. Amen. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, we're going to read verse 11, from verse 11 all the way down to verse 18. And then we'll go over it. Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles, for which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed to him against that day. Hold fast the form of sound words which you have heard of me, in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. That good thing, which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Ghost which dwells in us. This you know, that all they which are in Asia are turned away from me, of whom are Phagelius and Hermogenes. The Lord will give mercy to the house of Anisiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. But when he was in Rome, he sought me out very diligently and found me. The Lord grant unto him that he may find mercy of the Lord in that day. And in how many things he ministered to me at Ephesus, you know about very well. Father, in Jesus' name, we commit the study of this scripture to you this day. Open our eyes, give us wisdom and understanding, that we may partner together with each other and partner with you in getting the word out. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. In many ways, sharing our faith in Jesus Christ can feel like coming out of the closet 
with a dark secret. Especially in our culture today, talking about your faith seems too personal for public discourse. People prefer that we keep issues of faith private rather than talking about our beliefs in public. And because of that, it can seem like we're breaking social rules when we talk about Jesus or talk about our faith. Amen? When I was a new Christian, I struggled with how best to tell people about Jesus Christ. I didn't want to come off too strong, but I wasn't really sure if I could back up what I believed with natural words. And I noticed that in their church, I came up, uh, I was raised as a Lutheran, but when I got born again, uh, I became part of an independent Baptist church. I mean, okay, just to give you an idea. And there were basically two groups in the church that I was part of, and they took entirely different approaches to witnessing and outreach. There's one group of Christians who, they were very aggressive in talking about Jesus. In fact, the other people nicknamed them the God Squad because they would go knock on doors and witness to people and things like that. And they are pushy, if you want to, if that's the word I could use. And this group of Christians acted as if people could only come to Christ. It was dependent all upon them. There was also another group who took out an entirely different approach to the outreach. Amen. This group of Christians believed that, uh, you know, outreach was all based on God. That uh, if anybody was to come to the Lord, it'd be because God moved upon them, and, you know, they didn't have to do anything about it. They didn't have to talk to people about Jesus. That the way they lived their life would be enough. You hear that a lot today, especially about witnessing to Muslims. Amen. Oh, we should just live our life and they can see Christ living in us and that, that, that'll put the desire in their heart to accept Him as their Savior. You couldn't be farther from the truth. That doesn't mean you need to beat them over the head with the Bible. But you need to witness to them. A lot, I have a good friend, Dr. Will Patton, who ministers a lot, I mean almost exclusively, in uh, Muslim-held territories, and also communist China. He gains their attention by laying out of hands and letting God heal people. Amen? The miracles is what gets their attention. You see, Allah is incapable of performing miracles. Amen? He's incapable of healing people. So when someone is deathly sick, especially a woman with a child, she will do anything for their child. Amen? The mother bear syndrome. And if the doctors, the, the Muslim doctors can't do anything, praying to Allah can't do anything, as a last resort, these mothers will bring their children to a Christian meeting where hands are laid on them and the baby is immediately healed. And that plants the seed into that family now that they will accept Jesus Christ. Amen? You need to focus on that. We need to tell others about Jesus, but you don't have to beat them over the head with your Bibles. Amen? 
as a new Christian, I was confused between these two different approaches. And the debate between those two groups raises a very important question about us today and sharing our faith in Jesus with other people. How much actually depends on us? And how much depends on God? The God Squad group acted as if it all depended on them, while the second group acted as if it all depended on God. Now, I've learned since then that neither group was entirely correct. Certain aspects of outreach do depend on us. Amen? But certain aspects also depend entirely on God. And it's finding the right balance where we have the problem. But that's absolutely essential if we want to share the good news of Jesus effectively and compassionately with those around us. You see, people need to know Jesus is the answer to their problems. If you're unemployed, if you're sick, you're in debt, you don't have no money, your kids are running wild, whatever the situation is, Jesus is the answer. Oh, Brother Bob, I... You know, I've I've gone to church my whole life, and and you know we're so far in debt I can't see daylight. And brother Bob, I you know I mean I if I scrape together two three dollars I'm doing good if that's all I can give in the offering at church. You know I mean so how can God fix our problem? I mean I've been in the same job for 22 years and, and we just barely are scraping by. Maybe that's the problem the job you have been in for 22 years. I would be willing to bet, and I'm not a betting man, but I would be willing to say that over those 22 years, God has opened other doors for you to change employment, but you were resistant to change. And you did not follow through on those open doors. You basically told God that you knew better than he did about what job you should have. I'm not saying that to condemn you. I'm saying that to show you God has provided different opportunities for you. Amen. Your children may be running wild. And I would be willing to say that more than likely... You failed to have your children in school each and every or in church each and every Sunday. Amen. I've been guilty of that too. But you see what I'm saying? God has provided the resources. You know, you may be having whatever problem, healing problem, sickness. Well, more than likely. It's either what you were eating, what you were smoking, what you were drinking that's contributed to those problems. Lack of exercise. And again, I'm not speaking condemnation. I've been there, done that too. Amen? You know, I, you know my daughters try and tell me about eating healthy and all that. And I like bringing up that, you know, my grandparents, I mean, my grandmother kept a Crisco can or a coffee can on the the side of the stove where she poured bacon grease and she'd use that instead of, you know, Wesson oil or whatever today. They didn't have Pam back then. But she would use bacon grease for all of her needs. 
frying eggs in, whatever the case, pancakes, whatever the case may be. And today, that would be so taboo. I mean, you know, bacon grease, oh, how disgusting. But hardly anyone was overweight. But the problem is, today, we have become sedentary in, in our lifestyle. Well, back then, you were outside constantly. Working hard. You needed those calories. You know, I can remember having a big dinner every night. And a super big dinner on Sundays. And an especially enormous dinner on holidays. But almost everyone was at their natural weight. Uh, healthy weight. There were a few overweight people, but not many. Not like today. Why is that? Well, we've gotten lazy in our lifestyle. Just like we've gotten lazy in our faith. People do not like to go to church today. Those that do go, most of them are going for the wrong reasons. They're going for the show, the entertainment value. They want to hear Nice words that tell them they're doing great. That God loves them, which he does. That, you know, what they're going through right now, God will deliver them from. A lot of people don't want to hear that they need to make corrections in their lifestyle. And when that preaching does come forth, they get offended and leave the church. So they're not really bonded to the church. They're just there for the show. If you went to a, uh, we'll use this as an example, if you went to an opera, you're expecting to hear, you know, Italian singing and things like that, and instead, if it was a hip-hop concert, you get offended and walk out. It's the same thing in churches today. Most of the people going to the church, especially in America, they're expecting loud music, you know, special effects, lights, and smoke machines, and, you know, it's, it's the darkness in the theater or in the church, it, it reminds them of a theater, like they're going to a show. You know, they'll have two, three minutes of prayer at the beginning, and then 20, 25, 30 minutes of music, and then a couple minutes of announcements, and then the pastor will come out for 15, 20 minutes. Everything's completely backwards. Oh, Brother Bob, that's how you worship the Lord. We go to worship the Lord. We go to church to worship the Lord. Amen. But are you really worshiping Him? Or are you just going for the show? You see, the each individual Christian makes up the body of Christ. You have fingers. You have hands. You have arms. You have toes. You have feet. You have legs. A head, ear, eyes, nose. Each individual person makes up a portion of the body of Christ. Now, if you took the fingers and put them on top of the head, instead of on the hand, they would still be attached to the body of Christ, but they'd be out of place. Right? You need to go to a church where you fit in. If you're a finger in the body of Christ, you need to go to a church where you're part of the hand. And the hand needs to be part of a greater congregation of believers that's part of the arm. What I'm saying is you need to find the church where you 
fit in where you get inspired by the preaching, by the music, where it inspires you enough where you can go out and be a witness for Jesus. Not to live your little life all so people can see it, but where you can go out and impact this world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It could be at your job at work. It could be at the grocery store. It could be at the gas station. You need to be a witness verbally for Jesus Christ wherever you go. Your lifestyle needs to be visible for others to see, but when you have an opportunity to witness to someone, you need to speak the word. That does not mean beating them over the head with scripture. Amen. I've said before, when I go to the grocery store or a gas station or, or wherever, if someone, you know, the typical response is you're waiting in line, you get up there and they say, hi, how are you doing today? My typical response, even on the telephone, if someone calls me up and says, how are you doing today? My response is almost always, I am blessed, saved, going to heaven and enjoying the ride on the way. And you should see the look that an unbeliever will give you. They're like, huh? Because they don't hear that. But that tells you, that response tells you they're an unbeliever. And you get a chance then to share the gospel. If nothing more than the one or two minutes they're ringing up your stuff. And you can just tell. Now some people pass out a track. That's fine too. Some people invite them to their church. That's great too. But you need to do something. Amen. And when you get someone who's a believer, it's evident. Because when you say that, they look up and they'll say something along to the, uh, to the effect of, Me too! And the big smile, they light up because they know they're in company with another believer. And just by carrying on your head, you know, where do you go to church? That's great. Well, God bless you. That conversation is being a witness to everyone else is still in line. You are spreading the gospel when you do that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's partnership with the gospel. What does that mean? Partnership. Being a partner with. Fellowship with. That's the combination partnership. Partner with the word. Partner with Jesus where he commissioned us to go into all the earth and preach the gospel. What does that word preach mean? It means to be a declarer, like a herald in the old test or in the, the old days, old old English days, they would be a herald. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. I don't even know where I left off at. <laughs> Glory, hallelujah. All right. An absolutely essential element of deepening our life with God is sharing the truth with, of God with those around us. In fact, the New Testament teaches it is impossible for us to deepen our lives with God unless we are sharing the gospel with those around us. And today, we're going to discover that sharing the truth of God with other people is a partnership between us and and God the Father. Reaching out to lost people with the good news of Jesus is a partnership of trust between us and God. Now, to some people, the very idea of being in partnership with God sounds outrageous or disrespectful. I mean, God is God. Yes, he is. And obviously, we're not. Amen? 
Why would the creator of the universe enter into a partnership of trust with mere humans? That does sound outrageous, doesn't it, on the surface? Yet I think that you'll see that God has done exactly this and entered into a partnership of trust. Remember that word, trust, with us when it comes to reaching out to others. And I want to go over three ways God trusts us in outreach and evangelism and three ways we need to trust God in outreach and evangelism. And if we get our part and God's part confused, we'll find our attempts to share Jesus with those around us frustrating and ineffective. Glory to God. So how does God trust us? Well, let's go back to the scripture looking at verses 11 to 18 together, there are two key words that tie this section together. The first word is in verse 12. And let's see. I'm not ashamed. Against him this day. Verse 13. Hold fast. The guard is basically what it means. And it's mentioned again in verse 14. Okay that we need to guard our hearts to what God's telling us to do. That we are to trust God to guard us and keep us safe from certain things. That's why outreach is a partnership of trust. Because God entrusts certain aspects of outreach to us. And we entrust certain aspects of outreach to God. As outrageous as this sounds, sharing the good news of Christ with others is a partnership between us and God. Amen. Paul describes how God trusts us in verse 11, calling and reminding the readers of his letter of his own life. It says, God called, let's see this, verse 11. Paul says, I'm a preacher and an apostle, and a teacher. Amen. Last month was Christmas time, and we sang, you know, Hark the herald angels sing, right? That's a way of describing the angels who announced Jesus' birth. They were a herald, a preacher. Amen. Like I said, the equivalent of the town crier, or perhaps more up-to-date in our culture today would be like the press secretary of of you know the president's press secretary, something like he's the one who says what's going on in the kingdom. An apostle is an official representative of Jesus Christ, a sent one. Amen. Someone who speaks and acts with Jesus' own authority. You have just heard a message of encouragement from anointed pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau with Freedom Through Faith Ministries in Baltimore, Maryland. For more information on the Freedom Through Faith Ministries or to invite Pastor Thibodeau to your church, please visit our website, www.ftfm.org. That's FTFM for Freedom Through Faith Ministries. Again, that's ftfm.org. Until next time, when we gather together around the Word of God, be blessed. And remember, we serve an awesome God. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.